1: All right, let's go. Let's go. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. You bus. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG.
0: Welcome back. One o'clock hour. Tret Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you. Up until 2 o'clock, it's the Ken Miller Show, 1700 KBGG. All of our guests appearing on the Dr. Stephen Fuller, Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline, East 29th Street in Des Moines, 410 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona. Trent, this is a short segment as we have Dylan Montz talking Iowa State coming up in uh, at 110. Um, Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah. Another group six-pack this time going to be enshrined in Cooperstown. This is a darn good class of Hall of Famers, Trent. Uh, a lot
2: of fun names on there. I was watching Jeopardy the other night. They asked the question about Larry Jones. Oh, Did Chipper! They? Yeah, yeah. What, what was the question? Was that it, the question? Yeah, it, it was something. Who of, is Larry this, this, this Hall of Famers going into the uh, 2018 class, known as Larry Jones. What is his nickname? Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> even my wife knew that. Yeah, one. So she, she was able to. Knock what a that career one out. he had. Love Chipper Jones. Met killer. TBS. Yes. Those games mm-hmm. throughout the 90s. Chipper at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Great defensively. He was. Hall of Famer, no doubt. The two guys I want to get your perspective. Now, Jack Morris is difficult for me as a Twins fan. I because, love Jack Morris. You're not going to get a disparaging word from him. He dominated the 80s. 91 World Series. That's 10 innings of shutout ball. And taking him. But Alan Trammell. That's the one that I'm... because it's I'm just, with you. It's right before kind of my... Mm-hmm where I feel like I have a better handle of it, Mm -hmm. and I can look at numbers, but you hear Alan Trammell, do you think... I
0: didn't, and I watched a ton of Tiger games in that era, because when I lived in Winnipeg, that was the cable network we got, was our cable was Detroit, don't ask me why. (laughs) Um, So I saw a lot of Tiger games, a lot of Lou Whitaker, Alan Mm -hmm. Trammell, I mean, tremendous combo. He was a nice player, Trent, he really was, but... The baseball writers, just like Morris, they didn't vote him in. It was the—they don't call it the Veterans Committee anymore. Oh, they have a new name for it now? Yeah, it's something else. But, um, like, he was a really good player. Hit three hundred a bunch of times. All of very good? Yeah, that's kind of where I thought. Yeah. I have no problem with, I mean, Chipper or Hoffman or Guerrero, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um Comey. Yes. You know, those guys make sense. I'm with you on Jack Morris. I thought it was a crime that he had to wait as long as he did. Nobody dominated the 80s like Jack Morris did. Look at the 84 World Series. Yes.
2: that You know, the that 91 game
0: that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That was just, that's that's all time stuff we're talking about
2: here. Right. out John Smoltz, who pitched nine that game. And then, no, Charlie Leibrandt came in game six. Yes. Who was on the mound as uh he got the hit to win it. Gene Larkin had the hit out to left field. Oh,
0: I don't remember.
2: Because Liebrandt came in in the game six when Kirby hit the homer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had been like their number five starter throughout the year. Boy. I don't recall. I don't But either. I do
0: recall Jack Morris doing what he did. Yeah. And
2: Smolt, I mean, Smolt v. Morris was an all-timer. Mm-hmm. All-timer. I uh, took I he- the be- box score myself in my bedroom watching the game. Did you? What nice. a huge nerd I was! Yeah, well, your I team still was,
0: Your team was uh, was part of it. It's, it's, I would
2: love to find box score with my ten year old handwriting too, see what it looked like. When, and where would you look? I mean, is there any chance that they still exist? Probably. I mean, maybe a, da- a box of dads or something like that, and going through, maybe that thing will pop yeah, up. I keep hearing about a lot of fam. I checked up in the attic, and I thought,
0: we never put anything in the attic in any place I've ever been.
2: Just, just the burn pile? <laughs> nah, never an attic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would love to, anyways. Um, But a really good Hall of Fame class that's this weekend. Um, But Jack Morris to me, it was a crime that he wasn't um, enshrined earlier. Nobody dominated like he did. Dave Steve, Dave Stewart, Jack Morris. There were some good guys in the 80s. Roger Clemens. He wasn't bad either. Um, more so 90s is how, we, is how I think of Clemens. But 86. Yeah. No, I know. He was unreal. Yeah. Uh, we'll come back with uh, Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, Iowa State conversation next, 1700 KBGG.
1: You found your home for real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
2: An old favorite is back again with a new and updated menu. Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road. Stop by Bennigan's and check out the new signature steak and ale menu, made from scratch every day. Recipes that have stood the test of times. Dinner with friends, a night out, or just stop by to watch the ball game. Make it Bennigan's, Merle Hay Road. Bennigan's is a proud sponsor of high school baseball on seventeen hundred. You're with friends at Bennigan's on Merle Hay Road.
1: Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Rufa Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. <laughs>
0: that's 7290770 or find us online at rightroofing.com
1: that's rightroofing.com with an r roof it once, roof it right, right, roofing. guys are you ready to begin your journey to live life better are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom 515 650 1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time. 515 650 1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515 650 1358. That's 515 650 1358. You just get it through the experience. I'm a fan of a lot of our fast, casual cuisine.
2: I love the theater and the shopping. My kids love to go to the parks.
1: There's a lot going on musically. If you can't find things to do in Des Moines,
4: you must be boring.
1: This is a magical place.
4: Don't
0: miss out. Visit CatchDesMoines.com and plan your getaway to Greater Des Moines. Catch
3: what you've been missing. You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? Well, find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy.
1: south of Douglas on Merle Hay Road or at Christopher'sRareCoins.com.
2: wolfconstruction.net
1: Real sports talk for real sports fans. Back to Miller and Condon on 1700 KBGG. Well Trent, you
0: know I, well, Trent, you know that I seldom see the end of any sporting event that I attend live. Right, yes. Just because I hate traffic and I hate crowds and I want to see if I would do the very best that I can. I've never stayed at a Super Bowl till the end and I've been to three. Unthinkable. Yeah, kind of it is for a lot of people. Our next guest, Dylan Mons in Chicago, spending a couple of days before the you-know-what hits the fan and mm-hmm. football season rolls around. You saw the end of the Cubs game yesterday, right? I was yes. watching it on TV. Bodie, two-run bomb to tie it. Rizzo, walk-off home run. Well, our next guest, Dylan
2: Montz, was at
0: Wrigley Field yesterday.
2: A perfect day for it. What a beautiful wonderful Beautiful summer day in Chicago. And you get to see the Cubs hit a walk-off to win it. You don't get to see that very often. Dylan, did you stay or did you leave?
3: Well guys I'm pretty ashamed to say that I I ducked out a little bit early to try to avoid some traffic <laughs> yeah. and that didn't work very well so it was it was kind of a bummer I was I was actually with my mom we were driving on the 88 uh, toll road, and oh. I said, oh, check the, check the Cubs score and see what ended up happening. And she's like, oh, they won 7-6. to six. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I cannot believe it. And the game up, that, up to that point was fine, but, oh, man, it would have been incredible to, to see that ending for sure.
0: Now, had you been to Wrigley Field prior to yesterday?
3: Yeah, I had been there one time, actually, and it was in 2015, and it was uh, Cole Hamels' last start for the oh, Phillies, wow. uh, and he and he threw a no-hitter uh, that day. Um, and it's kind of uh, a little coincidental, I guess, since he's he's just getting traded to yeah. Chicago now. But uh, that that was a pretty memorable first time.
0: You know, I wish I had known you were going in advance of you heading over on 88 because I would have forewarned you. I did the uh, Big Ten Media Days uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, went to Chicago via I-88 and the toll road, Dylan, what a nightmare. I, I don't know how you do it. It it, uh, it drove me nuts. Um, literally, 70-75% of I-88 is one lane, 45 miles an hour, completely under construction, and you have to pay for the privilege of driving on that road <laughs> while under construction.
3: Yeah, how lucky are we to yeah. be able to do that? But I, I, I was saying that to my mom next to me the whole time, I was like, I hope I don't get ulcers uh, in my stomach uh, from driving, that it's just stressful with all the traffic. And then once you get into Chicago, obviously that's just mm. hectic. So, uh, yeah, may, made it back home safe and, um, like you said, ready to uh, attack the football season coming up here.
0: So, um, before we get to it, I know Trent wants to jump in on basketball, but um, provide us some clarity regarding the start of football season, when you'll have your first opportunity to talk to either Campbell or some of the coaching staff, when you'll get to see a little bit of practice. When do things get going in Ames for Iowa State?
3: The first time we'll get uh, any sort of glimpse into what this football team is is going to be next Friday. Um, They're doing split practices again, um, which is what Campbell did last year, where half the team will go in the morning, uh, practice then, and then half the team will go in the afternoon. And that's just the way, I think, for them to get a little bit more one-on-one time or get into some smaller groups and kind of work that way. So see a couple split practices that day. And then uh, we get Matt Campbell at uh, about noon, I think. uh, And it's just him that day is kind of an – um, uh, leap into the, the fall camp season. So, And then from there, we'll start getting position groups and position coaches and things like that, but um, it starts in earnest on on Friday for us.
2: So the first of the three open scholarships has been filled for Iowa State basketball as they get a commitment from Mercedes Leach, uh, a guy that was a huge prospect, a top-20 kind of guy, Kansas, Kentucky all sniffing around. Then lost August, he breaks his leg Iowa State, uh, taking a shot here it seems like with Prome going out there and a guy that feels like he's got a ton of upside if he can come back healthy.
3: That's going to be the big thing, and uh, he broke his leg, and some people even kind of compared it to what Paul George did a few years ago when breaking his leg, that just really gruesome injury that takes a while to get back. But uh, I think... Um, and seeing some of Leach's comments and, and what he said, uh, really, Iowa State's the, the one school that's really kind of stuck with him, and, um, you know, the relationships are so big, and Steve Prohm's talked about that numerous times, about that being the key, really, to recruiting. So them just, for them to stick with him, uh, it's a risk, but I think a, a calculated risk that could pay off if, if he's able to kind of rehab the right way and, and start playing competitively again, which I think is the, the target date for that is sometime this fall for him to really get back out there. And... Uh, Travis Hines reported that uh, he's going to be going to Jonesboro High School in Jonesboro, Arkansas, so moving over from Missouri uh, and playing down in Arkansas this season. So uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this year goes for him and, and how much he progresses health-wise, but um, it, it's a nice gift for Iowa State regardless and, and worth the risk, like I said.
0: No doubt about it. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, com is where you can read Dylan uh, you can also read Travis Hines, that story that, uh, that Dylan was uh, just referencing there. You know, Dylan, um, as, as we sit here at the, what are we, the 27th of July, um, getting set for football, uh, camp to open, basketball seemingly, it's only going to be a couple of months away before they're starting to uh, to ratchet things up there. This could be one of those special years in uh, for Iowa State fans that, that football um, maybe exceeds some people's expectations and, and duplicates last year at the very least, uh, winning eight games, including the bowl, and then the expectations for Proms team this year with all of that talent, all those transfers that are going to be able to play this year, the freshmen are another year older, Wigington comes back, etc. Uh, this could be a, a pretty special eight months on the horizon or nine months, whatever it will be for Iowa State. Athletics with the two needle movers, men's basketball and football.
3: Yeah, that confluence hasn't really happened very often in Iowa State. I'm trying to think of the different times. the the, the biggest one I would say is probably in two thousand when the yeah, for football sure. team um it went to the inside bowl and won, and that was the first time they had they'd ever won a bowl game, which is still just unbelievable to me. Mm-hmm. Um they, they went nine and three and the basketball team won, won the big twelve and, and went to the Elite Eight. So you can really only point out these few times that it's ever really kind of all come together for, for the two biggest programs uh, at Iowa State. And it, certainly there's a the chance this year there, there's a lot of returners for, for both squads. And, um, you know, basketball, I think, has the potential to trend upward now with some of the talent that they're bringing in and the, the red shirts that are going to be available. And then, obviously, with football, um, you know, the, the base that they were kind of able to build last year. So it, it'll be interesting to see what, um, what happens in the next eight months, and it's
2: certainly going to be busy. It is. A lot of good things happening at Iowa State and football. Now, after a week to kind of reflect on what you saw down there in Frisco, Texas, you know, the expectations are big. You talk to people you know, down there, you get the overall perspective – Anything change in your mind when you were talking, you know, to other people in the Big Twelve media about this Iowa State team? Was anybody able to to turn your ear and maybe give you a different type of perspective on the Cyclones? Yeah,
3: it's actually kind of interesting. I I, I talked to a few people and didn't have uh, you know super in depth conversations about them, just kind of in passing. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was when Matt Campbell was on the podium uh, for his session of the press conference and. Most of the questions in the past, whether it has been Paul Rhodes or Matt Campbell, have kind of just been uh, about the league in general or about some of the other teams and, you know, not really focused in on Iowa State. But you saw this year a lot of the attention turned toward what is Kyle Kemp going to be able to do this year. David Montgomery had a great breakout season. How can he kind of build on that or what kind of, um, you know, growth curve does he have or or how did you recruit him? and, And really kind of more specific team questions. So I think uh, there, the win against Oklahoma really kind of shifted perception, um, and was kind of an introduction. And then certainly what they did in the month of October, beating um, Texas Tech, Kansas, and then finishes it off with uh, with, with TCU. I, I think it really kind of opened people's eyes, and then capped it with the the bowl win. I, I think um, it really kind of uh, maybe signified something different about this team and, and what Campbell is trying to build. Because, uh, like I said, it had been kind of. Um, the questions were few and far between about the actual team in years past.
0: Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Dylan, my last thing for you. Um, you know, every team seemingly has a, uh, a a camp battle, two if not three, uh, every, t- every time we turn the calendar into August. What is that camp battle this year? Is it, it's, is it backup running back? Might that be the best camp battle? And if that's the case... This just goes to show you that this team is set in a lot of positions. I mean, I know they got a couple of new safeties, and they're going to have to break those guys in. But seemingly, the the, the two guys that are going to be tabbed to be those safeties, we know who they are at this point. Uh, is backup running back the one? Are the the biggest question that remains out there for Campbell? Yeah, I think that's
3: a really good one, just because of the number of guys that they're going to have back there with uh, Kaneda Wangu, Sheldon Crony, Johnny Lang, and. Um, Yeah, I'm blanking on that. Mike Warren? Mike Warren. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, Mike Warren. So there's just going to be a crowded room back there behind David Montgomery. But the other one I think I'm going to kind of uh, focus in on is um, uh, one of the wide receiver positions with uh, Matt Eaton and Landon Akers. I think that's kind of one that stood out to me as I was kind of looking up and down the depth chart uh, because there is an aura listed between them. And um, and Matt Eaton did, uh, although in a limited role a little bit last year, he did a lot of good things and, and caught some pretty big passes. Um, in some key situations, so that Landon Akers be up there and kind of pushing they is really big, and I know Matt Campbell talked at Big 12 Media Days uh, about uh, you know, what Akers upside and kind of what he provides the team with his athleticism and speed and ability to take guys over the top, so I think that's one that will play out a little bit in fall camp, but uh, I think you'll see both of those guys quite a bit, but Uh, Yeah, like you said, I think they're pretty set uh, at a lot of positions, and there's still some things maybe on the offensive line to figure out. But um, there's a lot less questions maybe than I thought there would be or that there was uh, in the past couple years.
0: Summer vacation is finishing up for beat writers across the country uh, Dylan Mont's one of those as he heads back to work next week. Dylan, great stuff. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Too bad you didn't see the bottom of the ninth inning <laughs> yesterday <laughs> at Wrigley. But, again, I would have missed it myself, so I can't, uh, I can't kill you. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. Absolutely, guys.
3: I'll try to get over that one one of these days. <laughs> good Thanks.
0: Good to talk to you. Have a good weekend. Dylan Monts, Ames Tribune, amestrib.com uh, for, uh, for Dylan. Now, you did you have it on in the
2: studio? Uh no, I was on my way to oh, Little League. You were doing Little League yeah. last night
0: for MediaCom, that's right. Yeah, so Let's finish.
2: My phone buzzed and mm-hmm. I looked at it probably I don't know, half hour later or something, had a little little time to take a peek. And oh Hallie, how about that? the Rizzo heating up a little bit.
0: Well, he hadn't hit a home run in a long time. He hadn't. Uh,
2: and he was certainly due
0: to, to to hit one of those. And and Trent, he just absolutely crushed it. Turned on that. It was great to uh I don't know if you saw the highlight of it. And I want to. I think it was Pollock in center. It was either because I'm sure that they play the shift, so it was kind of yeah. in the gap. So I'm going to say it was Pollock. Pollock never even turned around. He started walking back towards the uh, the, the the dugout, knowing the ball is he has no absolutely no <laughs> chance. Never even turned around to watch the ball land in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. Just you could see him start walking back to the dugout, knowing that the game is over,
2: retreating and saying, so "What he's doing." Um, you see that one off the bat, pretty easy Ooh. to see how that's going to end up. Do you ever regret leaving a game early? Is there any uh, anything that you missed? Do I
0: regret?
2: I'm sure I do.
0: No. No, no. <laughs> I hate traffic. That much. Yeah. You know, the game that, uh, that I was disappointed that I had to leave early, just because I couldn't wait all my life I wanted to go to the
2: Rose Bowl. Literally, honest mm. to God. Yeah. I, I saw two quarters. And it was over. It was enough. I had enough. Stanford, 35 straight. It was crazy. Christian <laughs> McCaffrey was unbelievable in that game. Um, I've only left a game. Real. Remember when Iowa had that rain delay with Tennessee Tech years ago? Uh-uh. They, it was Tennessee Tech. Right. That's, that's probably why I don't four remember. Four, five, it. six years ago, non-conference game, they were up. Lightning came, so they had to clear out the stadium. So left that one. Well, that
0: was what, about an hour?
2: Yeah, something like yeah. that. Just went back to the tailgate and pounded some beers. The only other time that I've left an Iowa game, this was in frustration. 2007. 2007, mm-hmm. end of the season, Western Michigan. Oh, my God. That Albert one, Young's final, final game at Kinnick Stadium. I was not pleased. Yeah, I know. I can understand that. It was uh, bad. My cousin lived right, lives at the time right on Melrose, so just walked over to watch the second half and mm-hmm. – spitting nails No, that was that bad, run. Trent. It's as frustrating, I think, as I've ever been as an Iowa fan. No, look, more, st- more than the Rose Bowl. More than... Sure. Yeah. Right. That game, where the program was the dip of 2006, 2007, yeah. it felt like, okay, maybe they're getting a moment, and then you lose to a bad... It, Western Michigan's had some good teams. This was not one of them. No. It was a bad team. hmm And they did whatever they wanted against they, Iowa that they, day. they did. Now, we've all turned the television off. Right, yeah. Only to find out that,
0: man, I wish it would have... You know. hung around
2: a little longer right?
0: Then Twitter's good for that, because Twitter can yeah. send you back to that. Alright, Trent, when we come back, ready to talk to Bama Bob? Oh, always ready to talk college football. College football, our final guest of the week. We will be back with our final segment. It's the Ken Miller Show. We are here until 2, as we are every Monday through Friday. Trent Conant and myself, talking sports with you. 1700 KBGG. Alright, welcome back. It's our final segment of the week. We're going to talk some college football with a guy who will join us well, every Friday, at minimum, uh, now till the well, when, Bama? Uh, final Friday of January, our, our first Friday of January, and then we'll preview Monday. Well, bottom line, we're going to be spending a lot of time with our next guest, which means college football is fast approaching. In fact, Bama, as you told me earlier, this is the final Friday of July. Next time we talk will be August. We'll be into it by then, Bama.
4: We will, because of the first game, I believe, the lid lid lifter, which, you know, I don't know that this doesn't have the right term, but... Our connotation, and um, you know, I think that's the 28th or something. So by the time we talk next week, we'll officially say, "Well, a we'll have a preseason game, an NFL preseason game under our belt from the night before." Right. And we'll also, um, you know, we can say, "Hey, college football starts later this month."
0: Yeah, and you know what? I'm into the preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. I always am, and I know I'm not alone. Uh, well, Bama, let's get to uh, and you pointed this out. I didn't see this yesterday. I'm glad you alerted it to to me to it. Uh, the ESPN.com ranked their 21 championship teams since the beginning of the BCS era. And look, Vince Young in the Rose Bowl, uh, 2005. That was unbelievable, Bama. That was a remarkable, remarkable football team. But any t- any one of those lists that somehow um doesn't rank the two thousand one Miami hurricane team. Right. Listen to the running backs that were on that team. Clinton Portis was the starter. Willis McGahee was the second string. Frank Gore was third string. <laughs> right. Portis McGahee and and Frank Gore for crying out loud.
4: Yeah, what they've done, Ken, and listen, I mean it's all subjective and sure. it depends on, you know, where you're at. And I think it's funny you look down and it's like seven through twelve are all Alabama. It's yeah. crazy because yep. they've won so many of these things. But you know they they they're, they rank their best out of all the you know their titles as the 2011 team. Which you know maybe maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know they did lose a regular season game to LSU, and then of course came back and and beat them the one mattered. But hey, listen, they're they're trying to use those metric approach to this you know strength of scheduling and all the opponents and opponent schedules schedule, getting you know trying to apply a war to it like you would in, in baseball or some of these advanced analytics like they do in basketball but you know the, the thing that stood out for me and, and i'm with you on the o1 miami i mean all i need to know okay i don't and again subjective that team had 38 Right players that were eventually drafted yeah. in the NFL, and seventeen of them were in the first round. That, seventeen that's... first round draft picks off of one college football team. Now, obviously, not all in the same year, sure, because you know, some of those were sophomores and or, or freshmen or whatever. But I mean, and and that's what we were saying. You, you have to go back and look at those 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 great Miami and Florida State teams back in the in the eighties and nineties and really Alabama kinda of put an end to them in ninety two in that sugar ball. But man, those teams and then that O one team with Larry Coker of all people coke mm. them. I mean, yes, you know, where, where's where'd he go now? Um I mean, they just had incredible talent. And I, I guarantee you, you go back and look at them, I bet you 85 to 90% of those kids are from the Miami area.
0: I bet they are. How about the starting safeties boys? Sean Taylor and Ed Reed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like the Pro Bowl. It's like the Pro Bowl, Trent. That's it's a great crazy. point.
4: Yeah. It's absolutely crazy how, uh, how how good and talented that team was. Do
0: you guys know what the local angle to that team was? The Kicker Todd Seavers from Ankeny yeah. High School, Bama. Oh, you remember
4: Seavers? I covered Todd. That's I know you right. did. Hey, absolutely. I sure did. did. I had totally forgotten about that.
0: How absolutely. big of a
2: deal was that for you guys back then? This kid for Ankeny is yes. going
0: to the U. I know. It was huge.
2: Well, I'll
4: never forget, too. I mean, we, we covered Matt McCree, who went on to play yeah. for, um, you know, in in, in the you know, pro baseball, went on Notre Dame, played baseball for a little bit with the Twins. But I'll never forget. And this was, you know, back with your old partner, uh, Ken when I was out. Um Have you read about cover- him
0: lately, Bama? There's some uh you can Google him, <laughs> it's very interesting. Anyways, go ahead.
4: I heard some rumors, Ken. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. I've not been approached. Um, but we um uh you know, I was on the sideline and you just on the this is back in the days of you a know, cell phone and you know Ken Thompson was calling and I'll never yeah. forget Kyle, Kyle Orton was playing quarterback and yeah. I can't remember just Southeast, Southeast Polk. Southeast Polk Southeast Polk. And the kid he, 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 you know, scrambled out, and he got hit, and he went down right at my feet, holding his knee. And I'm sitting here going, my God, have I just watched this kid's wow. future go up? And fortunately, it was just kind of a sprain or a knock or whatever. I'll never forget looking straight down, straight into his face mask. And then, you know, 10 seconds later, my phone's ringing, and it's, you know, you know, wanting me to, hey, what's wrong with Orton? You know, that kind of thing. And I'm sitting here going, my goodness. You know, did I just watch this kid's future go up and smoke? Mm. And fortunately, And, of course, he went on to have a, you know, solid career in the NFL. But, yeah, I was underrated, Ken, in terms of, uh, you know, teams that, uh, you know, players that it produces.
2: Glad you brought that up, Bama. I agree with you. Trent, you would, too. You do it every Friday night. You cover it. A lot of good players around here, and then you see guys that are under-recruited, and, oh, look, they're all Big 12. They're all Big 10. Mm -hmm. Happens all the time. Hey, uh, Bama, from that to the here and now, Big Ten had media days this week. Pac-12 had their media days this week. Any takeaways from you? you? Normally, year after year, it's the SEC West. Are you ready to admit that the Big Ten East, at least before the season, appears to be better on paper?
4: Oh, my gosh, yes. Okay. I mean, there's, there's no question. I mean, there's four teams in there, you know, that, and, and, you know, I think Michigan State's a real sleeper in that.
0: Yeah, I could yeah. say that.
4: I I, I just... You know, we'll find out when they tee it up. I mean, Ohio State's clearly the favorite, um, but I love what Franklin's doing. They're, you know, they lose Barkley, so you know, that's a big loss because he was, he was a lot of their
2: offense mm-hmm. last year.
4: And what he didn't get, you know, was he was opening up for others to get. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to replace that. Um, you know, Michigan, I think they're going to be improved, but we talked about it before. Their schedule's murderous. I mean, it's, it's just it's brutal. So, But, no, clearly on paper and, and really in – And as it should be, because you can't historically name. There's not another division in in college football that, when you go back over the history of the game, has four programs like that in it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you, you know, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, A and M, okay, those are all good. But there's really one historic program in that division. Um, But you know, when you put Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in the same division, I mean, my goodness. So yes, on paper, I thoroughly agree with that. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but sure, I mean, you would have to.
0: Mm. Bama, uh, Washington is consensus, best team in the Pac-12. Um, is there a sleeper? Is um, Because, look, it's it seemingly every year of the Power Five conferences, it's the one, it's just because of where it falls in the schedule. Uh, the other thing is it's tough to watch a Pac-12 game because of the lack of clearance. Um, you know, we don't right. get big, the, the big 12, the um, you know, what Direct T doesn't get the Pac-12 network. Is there right. a sleeper team? Out there, maybe um, that I'm not saying it's going to win the North, but um, may, maybe they're from the South. Utah's getting some love. I'm not sure you could call them a sleeper. Might they be the? I don't know. Do you, do you like any? Is there a team flying under the radar in the Pac-12? I
4: two two teams I'm looking at, and it's it goes back. to, Well, one one is quarterback, and and that's Khalil Tate at Arizona. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's the real deal. He was the real deal last year. they just got to play some defense, and that, you know, they got a new coach in Kevin Someone, mm-hmm. who's not exactly, you know, he struggled at A&M, of all places, playing defense. I mean, um, you know, you would think that, if, my goodness, if you can recruit defensive talent, it's going to be in Texas. Uh, he did have a lot of talent, and a guy named Miles Garrett was pretty good, yeah. uh, but they never really meshed. I don't know if it was scheme, coordinator, or whatever, but... I look at that team as a a really dangerous team, especially in that league, because someone can coach offense. Um, The other one I'm going to say, I mean, it's just the Chip Kelly factor. I mean, they lost Rosen, who I think is going to ultimately be the starter in Arizona. But, I mean, he's just so good at the collegiate level. Now, it might take a year for his philosophy and his system, or whatever you want to call it, to kind of shuffle through. But, my goodness, I mean, he is – I mean, I think that's a team that, that could that could cause some trouble. We know USC is going to be the favorite. We know Stanford's always there in the north. We think Oregon's going to be good. We know Washington is the favorite out of all of them. But I mean, I would say USC of UCLA and Arizona mm. teams that could possibly sneak up on anybody. I mean, I'm not. I am just not sold on Arizona State and Herm Edwards. Uh, they're going to have to prove that to me. And you know, same with Colorado or teams like that who, you know, just just not consistent enough for me.
0: Yeah, who'd have thought this time last year that uh, we'll turn the calendar forward one year and we'll see a Chip Kelly versus Herm Edwards coaching matchup on November 10th, right? Yeah, right. I didn't see that one coming. Hey, you know, I saw uh, something yesterday, Bama, and you know, Trent said that um, brought it up that this, it's uh, 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 Khalil Tate, who you mentioned. And I agree with you. I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, Ken Niematalala, I'm butcher his name every time I say it, but everybody knows who I'm trying to say. The Navy uh, guy. The Navy guy. Um, yeah. apparently he was he was on the verge of getting the Arizona job, but the quarterback said, Look, I don't want to play in that system. And and apparently that maybe derailed the Navy guy from becoming the Arizona guy. Um, do you buy that, Bama?
4: Oh, I I totally buy. It. I mean, he's come out, there's an article on if you read it online, the Arizona Republic did and, and he he admits it. You know, he said, listen, I think the exact tweet was, I didn't come here to run no triple option or right. something like yeah. that. And, and, you know, it got the administrator's attention, it got the AD's attention, the president's attention, and you're right, they had, you know, Coach Ken, we'll call him, you know, was pretty much locked up. Now, whether he brings that offense to uh, Arizona, we'll never know. I mean, you know, most coaches that run the I think that they get kind of a bad rap, that that's all they know. I think he knows more than that. He just runs it in Navy because it fits his personnel. I mean, you're not going to get you know, five-star, four-star recruits at one of the service academies, and a lot of them run it. I mean, when you really look at it, and they have for years. But um, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, the power of social media in a different way. You remember the, the Tennessee hire, Greg Schiano was all set for that, and they just, you know, social media torpedoed him. Um, and they wound up with Jeremy Pruitt. Well, in this case, it was the yeah, quarterback. And, you know, a player who used the power of social media, what was at his disposal, and, I don't necessarily blame him for saying it. You can argue whether the administration should have really looked at it or not, you know, or, or how much weight they should have given it. But clearly this is a Heisman Trophy caliber quarterback, a Pac-12 player of the year caliber player. And when he puts that out, you're afraid that maybe he transfers somewhere. Um, you know, is, 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 he, is it a passive-aggressive threat? You know, what is it? But it's, it's obvious and, and that he sent it. He said that he he did that. He said he did it purposely because he wanted his opinion heard. He and his teammates heard because they were not consulted in it, in the coaching search. And maybe nor should they have been. Um, and clearly, the AD and everybody else is on record as saying, you know, we took it to heart. Now they're not saying that you know this is we had a deal in place with 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 Coach Ken uh, that we that we then back out on. But it it was clearly a factor and. You know, we, we, it's a debate on how much they should weigh it. You know, if the backup tight end had to come in and said, hey, I ain't right. going to block an option, who cares? Right? When it's your pack, all pack 12 quarterback, it's, you know, carries a little more weight. So very interesting. Uh, and now they got to live with Kevin Sumlin, and, you know, hopefully he'll do a good job for them out there.
2: It's going to happen at some point, though, right, that a Power 5 school is going to give the job to Diamantolo, and he's going to get his chance. I, it feels like it has to happen. He's been so successful there. We've seen Georgia Tech be very effective getting to major bowl games running that. He's going to get a shot, isn't he?
4: I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, at a lower level, maybe. Um, It's just, I think he's just going to have to convince the administration uh, and, and a fan base that, you know, listen, I'm not bringing the triple option here. Yes, it's what I'm known for. Okay, that's what we run here. But, you know, I know football because... You know, look, they run the triple option, but they play against traditional offenses from their opponents every week. So clearly, he knows he knows what other teams do. He has other philosophies, he has other game plans, that kind of thing. But I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, you know, could he go to a Vanderbilt? Maybe. You know, he's never. Yeah, you know, yeah. is he going to go to? You know, is Alabama going to put him on their short list? No, I'm right. Um, you know, Purdue or Indiana or someplace like that, maybe so. But, I mean, it, it's, it's going to take a, a lower-level type power five for him. To, and he may have to go to a more, you know, a, a, a school of five or whatever, um, you know, non-service academy and prove himself there running a traditional offense uh, for a few years ahead of time. But, um, you know, it, it's a tough sell because it's like actors get labeled, yeah, hey, he plays a cop or, you know, whatever. He's always Ross from Friends, no matter what he plays, man. <laughs> you know, coaches, just, they get labeled, hey, he's a triple option guy. We don't want a triple option. It's not going to be successful in our conference.
0: Yeah. Hey, Bam, did you hear the um, um, uh, John Harbaugh, Ravens coach, not Jim, Ravens coach John, right. um, mentioned that uh, these, these kids coming from college, they are so soft because training camp, as we know, is underway. All 32 right. teams as of today are now uh, taking part in, uh, in training camp. Somebody asked Nick Saban the question at SEC Media Day. He says, "Wow, that's crazy. that's kind of strange because all I hear from the guys, from my guys, when they come back, is what a piece of cake it is compared to what you run here, Coach. How
4: about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, if if you go read the article, and it is it is interesting. I, I think Saban and Harbaugh are pretty much on the same page, and you know, Saban kind of agrees. He, he's taken up for his players." You know, or, you know, again, it's a whole, everything Nick Saban does is, is calculated. So he's, he's, it's using as a, you know, as a backdoor recruiting tool. Hey man, listen, you know, our guys, we, you know, look, our guys are NFL ready. You know, he's basically saying to recruit, you know, you read this, you're going to be ready for the NFL. But um he did agree with Harbaugh that, you know, of, they don't, they don't do two days anymore. I mean, you know, Saban grew up, like he said, you know, when he, was, you know they used to start camp July 4th and they'd go for six weeks um, you know you go back look at the old the, the old hard-ass coaches like Bryant and Hayes and Shem Beckler you know the, the junction boys go read that book I mean my goodness, you know what they used to do is almost you know torture what these kids used to go through and they don't do it anymore they don't practice two day a lot of them don't practice in pads um, Alabama chooses to a lot of teams don't and especially at these smaller schools when your numbers aren't as good, uh, and you, you get, you have to keep key players healthy for the season, but maybe they're not as ready to go for the rigors of the NFL. And, you know, listen, some of them are, you know, still growing and developing and, you know, they're playing against grown men for the first time. I mean, you know, adult, full physically formed, you know, NFL players that are in their late twenties and thirties and, you know, fully developed and everything else. So it, you are going to pick up a lot of nagging little muscle injuries and, you know, sprains and things like that. And I think that's what Harbaugh is complaining about. It just so happens that, you know, he doesn't have a tight end that's healthy right now. I think on his roster, cause one of them retired and the two he's talking about are hurt and a rookie. So, but I think when you read it, they're, they're kind of on the same page. Uh, and it's just an old school mentality, the way we used to do things. We can't do them that way, not only in, in the NFL, but also in college, which, which feeds them i mean the nfl doesn't you know they're they have so much negotiated in the collective bargaining agreement now mm-hmm. you know when you can practice and you yeah. know when you have to practice when you have to be there when they can be in pads and, and things have changed so, yeah i mean don shula didn't have to deal with that i mean for goodness sake so um i think they're on the same page it's just uh it, it's never it never ceases to amaze me how saban uses anything to his advantage going hey listen our guys are ready for the NFL, so if you want to play in the NFL, come to Alabama.
0: Uh, we will talk to you next month, Bama. We uh, move ever so close uh, to uh, college football. Thank you, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right,
4: guys. Appreciate it.
0: Talk to you next week. Yep. Good to talk to you, Bama Bob,
2: talking college football. Uh, with us on a weekly basis, Trent Condon. I got something for you. What have you got? I've identified a team that you're going to watch more than normal. Give me the conference in the ACC. In the ACC, this team, much like Iowa, the last two years has impacted the college football playoff with their upsets of Michigan and Ohio State. And they've got so there's a this ACC talk, no, team. They're not going to get there. They're going to knock off Clemson, but they're going to impact it in some way. It's not Louisville. No,
0: it's um, it's not NC State. Nope.
2: Boston College. No. But I do like BC a little I, bit. I do, too. They might have an upset in them. They might.
0: So it's not in the Atlantic, then. It is not. Um, Miami has picked
2: Votech. It's a good guess, but I'm going even deeper. Wow. Remember we were talking Navy, triple option? Yeah, Georgia Tech. It's Georgia Tech. Why do you like them? They return everybody up front on defense. Mm-hmm. All four starters there. And they mm-hmm. have a quarterback. They finally find a, found a quarterback. They didn't go to a bowl game last year, did they? They did. They had a, a rainout, so they're only 5-6. Oh, really? Yes. So you got that so motivation. So there. Yeah, you got the motivation of that. Normally, when Paul Johnson has that kind of downtrend, he's got a big year. But I don't think they're winning the division. But Georgia Tech is going to beat somebody. They have Georgia at the end of the year, as they mm-hmm. do every year. They get Clemson at home. They get Miami at home.
0: They get Miami at home. I see that.
2: So... Just, just put that little check there here on what is it, July twenty seventh, when that big upset happens by Georgia Tech, TC was on it before anything. So, else. have you looked at their win total? Oh, there, that's a good one because you can bet those things, you know. Don't know. <laughs> you don't
0: have to tell me, but I know, I know. That's what I'm surprised <laughs> that you haven't. Uh-huh. So, I'm going to say if you told you tell me, Paul Johnson always has a rebound year after a non bowl year, right? Mm-hmm. They won five. They were five and six. I forgot about the rainout game. Um, 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 Okay. So,
2: there were seven? Six and a half. Six and a half. Seven's a winner. Seven is a winner. Let's hope for the weather. Keep our fingers crossed. And Well, it can't happen two years in a row, can they're it? They're hitting seven. Never say never with that. But yeah, they're hitting seven this year. And they're pulling an upset. The Rambling Wreck, of Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm...
0: Guessing that um, I probably wouldn't have cracked the Georgia Tech page of my Phil Steele
2: <laughs> very many times this year, so I'm glad we you got bo- <laughs> blow the dust off of that. Mm. Both a backs are back, also the b back. What are those? The, the slot guys, right? Right. The triple, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the a backs and the b backs, the yep. fullback, fullback, and uh, a quarterback that can actually throw it a little bit, which can be a trouble
0: for a. Paul Demarius Thomas yeah. and Megatron played at Georgia Tech as receivers. In a school that doesn't throw the football, pretty unthinkable. Pretty much, right? And look where they, I mean, are both first rounders, obviously. And Megatron was unstoppable. And Demarius Thomas has had a really
2: nice career. Mm-hmm. Big guys, big guys.
0: Six three for Demarius Thomas. What was Megatron? Six five. Yeah, That's um, what Paul
2: Johnson was looking for. Yeah, well, he got it out of both he
0: did. of those guys. Maybe you should have gotten the football a little bit more often. A couple more jump balls might have helped. You think, right? All right, you and Jimmy B today, we'll wrap up the week, and then, well, you actually, you're going to wrap up the week doing high school
2: baseball tonight. Mm-hmm. So give us, uh, you've got an abbreviated show. Yep, uh, we'll let Jimmy B get out to the golf course. I'll just give him a call at 4 o'clock and do a hit with him. Do a quick hit with Jimmy B. Got yep. Got Wolfgang. Yeah, we've got Wolfgang here, as he normally is, on a Friday, and then it's right into baseball, about 4.45 or so, with the pregame, 5 o'clock first pitch. Urbandale in Game 1, their matchup with Western Dubuque. Uh, Western Dubuque, has their sophomore who pitched in Game 1, is a catcher by trade. A good pitcher, obviously, at the high school level. Only sophomore, already committed to Ole Miss. Mm, wow. And uh, from everybody I've talked to down at Principal Park, he's worth the price of admission. The way that he is just so quick behind the plate, throwing out, you can't run against him. Urbandale leads 4A in steals.
0: Little Something's got to give, Something's Trent. Something's
2: got to give. So that's game one at 5 o'clock, Urbandale, Western Dubuque. And uh, 7.30, it'll be West Des Moines Valley in their matchup with Cedar Rapids Wash. And as long as a local's involved. You will be back on That's what I was going to ask you. What time
0: is the championship
2: game 730 tomorrow? 7.30 tomorrow night. So
0: if one of the two locals makes it there, yep. you're working tomorrow night. I'll be out there at Principal Park calling the matchup. Good stuff. Um, well, you have a wonderful weekend. You too. Some good baseball this week. Just real quick, have you looked at all at the schedule? I mean, Cubs cards leads the way, I would think, just because in this area.
2: Well, and I, I mentioned at the top, the Twins continue to suck me back in. It was fun game last night, Trent. It really, truly was. I'm so glad
0: I watched it. Um, is that the Twins-Boston? That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um Cubs cards obviously and that's Sunday night baseball. Milwaukee San Fran is not awful. Seattle, uh, that's not very good. <laughs> um
2: yeah, that's about it, right? Yeah. Oof, oof, yeah. It's uh that's Andrews Atlanta. Not yeah, no,
0: that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. But it's Cubs cards. What is the pitching matchup on Sunday night? Hendricks, who they need to really have a nice start. He hasn't been awful. Sure. Uh, against Gant,
2: so uh, Sunday night baseball to wrap up the sports weekend. Did you mention Milwaukee, San Francisco? I yes. watched that last night. Yep, like that. Though mm-hmm. so, my boy Brian Anderson was not on the call last night. So where was he at? I, I don't know. Maybe a little vacation yeah. before. Well, wouldn't his you want to go to up. San Francisco? Maybe he's just there and spectacular. Not with there. the team. That could be too. Yeah. All
0: right, we will uh, be back. We'll recap the entire weekend preview. What's coming up next week is both Iowa and Iowa State. Begin fall camp. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. It's almost here. We're all, in fact, we are done. We will talk to you on Monday. Appreciate you being here. Again, all of our guests on the Dr. Stephen Fuller and Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline, two locations, 2822 East 29th Street and 410 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Until Monday, have a great weekend here on 1700 KBGG.